Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to J.I.L., a production of iHeartRadio. Peace and love, y'all. Jill Scott presents J.I.L. with my sister friends, Aja and Laia. And I'm Jill Scott. Hello, hello, hello world. What's up? Although this is new for you, this is something that the three of us have been doing for years. And we thought it's the right time to share what's in our heads and hearts with you. Because we want you to think, you know what I'm saying? We really do want you to uh, start and spark conversation. We want you to maybe reanalyze some things. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Think it over. Yeah. Yes. Think it yes. over. Yes, indeed. See what's really going on in there. Yeah, I, for one, am really, really honored to be in this situation because who doesn't want to yak with their girlfriends and share it with the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, many times I've wanted to share my multiple group texts with everyone. <laughs> but, you know, after now 22 years of marriage, about 25 years in the music business, and, you know, for those of you who don't know me, I'm in a group with my husband called Kindred, the family soul. Oh. And it's... Ex- <laughs> and we have six whole kids, six whole children. Mm. And, uh, you know, just living in this world and being a creative and experiencing this. And, of course, you know that um, I've known Joe Scott 
for almost that entire time, actually longer than that. I've known her since before I was ever even married. So we've watched each other grow and experience life in so many ways. So I'm excited to get a chance to kind of chime in about all that we've done. Yeah. All that we've been thinking all this time. Yes. I always consider myself fortunate enough to even have these relationships with these two women, number one, and and number two, to have it for so long. Like Asia said, for me, I think we all kind of met around the same time. Maybe I came in a couple of years later, but we are a couple of decades of mm-hmm. this relationship. And who would have thought me <laughs> on a random trip to Montreal, Switzerland, that I would have met this singer in this Afro with this leather jacket on named Jill Scott. And that would have developed into this sisterhood as I moved to, to Philly randomly and became this radio host that I could always depend on. And it's so crazy that I could always depend on not only Jill, but Asia, just as a radio girl in Philadelphia. Like whenever I called, y'all answered. And even outside of just work, we played, we have fun, we laugh. We've been to shows together. We've been kiki together. So it's just a privilege to be able to not only bring that energy and that spirit, which so many sisters enjoy with their girlfriends to this place, but to also share just all aspects of y'all who people just really don't know. They just don't, they, you think you know Asia and Jill? Ooh, but you about to be, you just, you about to get it all and be so fulfilled at who these women really are. Child, you gonna get some. You know, <laughs> I, I can't get you some, I can't get you everything. You can't help it, they, you won't be able to help it, Jill. Shut yeah, up. the way it goes is that we start talking and we forget that the mics is on. That yeah, part. this this yeah. kind of thing does happen. Yes. It does. But like I said, and, and we'll always continue to say, um, this is the point and purpose is to spark conversation. You may not like what we're talking about. You you may love how we how we uh, communicate between each other and what we're saying. You might. Um, but we're going to give you references. We're going to give you some interesting perspectives. Mm-hmm. The goal is to spark that conversation and to get us thinking and moving and moving. Yeah, I'm excited, too, because I, I feel like a lot of people will look at us and go, oh, OK, these are two sisters that probably got a lot in common. And we do. But we also have a lot of differences, you know, like right. even in from Asia being a mom and mom to six on our, that level and me being a single person to Jill. Uh, whatever we we gonna drop two across times status. divorced. Uh, okay, <laughs> three times engaged. Bring it, boo. Honestly, okay, yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lay it out like a blanket, boo. Yes. I like I said, I give you some. I can't. I can't promise you everything, but I tell you, I will be as honest and open as I possibly can. are going to be talking about love and uh, pretty much every aspect of existing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that seems big, but but this gift of life is gigantic. And I believe you got to investigate the thing in order to understand why, the, why are you here? What is the purpose and point of your existence? Um, it's not that philosophical, but it is sometimes... Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're going to be talking about uh, screwing. Yes. And we're going to talk about parents. Yes. And we're going to talk about 
uh, being angry and how to deal with that. Yep. And and should you bust a bitch? We're going to talk about... Yes, bust a bitch! Yeah, we're going to talk about um, family and uh, love lives and um, new books, uh, thoughts, all kinds of thoughts for so many purposes. So many purposes. Uh, we're going to talk about our hair. Hmm. We're going to talk about... Uh, occasionally, we're going to grab some some weight and then talk about that meat in these places. Yes, man and, meat. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, man oh, meat. No, oh, man talking. meat. Yeah, that's what you mean. Yes, I, I would love to talk about the man meat. Okay, yes. Delicious. And of course, of course, we don't want to bother y'all with just us, even though we're enough. Amen. Amen. But uh, we're definitely going to be having a few guests on. They're going to be sharing some of their experiences with us and, you know, opening up our minds and hopefully opening up yours and cackling. And we're not always going to just spew out random facts. We're also going to give like you resources and ways to actually find some solutions to some of these issues that we're talking about. What? Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Because you need tools in the toolbox. Say yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. These opinions that we have, they're going to change. We are evolving people, you know what I'm saying? So these thoughts and opinions, you know, they might change the next, the very next day because we found out some shit. You know, we learned something from somebody or we learned something because we read a new book or um, we had a new encounter. So, you know, um, very much in this this whole culture of canceling people, you're going to do yourself a disservice. <laughs> Don't do yourself a disservice. Don't cancel me. Consider me, darling. Oh. Consider. Consider hey. me, darling. Hey. <laughs> well, now that you know about us, let's go. Talk your shit, woman. We ready. Let's get into it. All right, so uh, today we've been talking about trying to figure out if we're actually going to leave this country. Real rap, real rap. Like, the what's happening here is so mind-boggling and what's been happening for so long. There's been police brutality in the United States for longer than you can yeah. name since the beginning, real. since the very beginning of this country. It's been here. We're dealing with drug addictions. We're dealing with prison systems, like, since the beginning. And here we are in 2020, and we're trying to figure out, are we going to stay here? Because it's a big world. What you think, Laia? You know, it's funny, Jill, I always wanted to have a place, like, somewhere else. In my mind, I was like, yeah, I'll have a place somewhere, like Brazil or Morocco or something like that. But, you know, it's interesting because post-COVID, you got to readjust everything. Right. If you just think, shout out to everybody who's been to the Blacksonian, I like to call it, or the National Museum of African-American History and Culture in D.C., you realize that all these different uh, perpetrators of this slavery situation, that narrows down your choices. Mm-hmm. Portugal, Britain. <laughs> pick one, pick one, pick exactly, one. Exactly, because they're going to have all the same problems that we have, right? Like all the places that they colonize and the places. Right. And the places. 
Mm-hmm. So that's where it got confusing for me. I'm still in the shoes. It was going to be Canada, and then my man came out, and he had the blackface. I right, where yes. are we safe? It was going to be Canada, but I felt like for me, the heat situation, like I feel like if I got to go someplace permanently, I just can't deal with winter. So I was like, you know what? That cut out a whole half of the world for me. I was like, (laughs) I said, that's not going to work. But, you know, Canada was was definitely in the running. I just was like, I can't deal with, you know, because as far as their politics and everything is concerned. But the geography was the issue for me. So, of course, I started trying to move below. But then the anti-Blackness is strong in the earth, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everywhere I was looking, I was like, man, dang, you know, you got to look between the lines. And you're just like, wait a minute, I'm been dealing with all the same stuff no matter where I go. <laughs> that part. That part. The same damn stuff. And so it kind of leaves you thinking like, ooh, what? What, what are we going to do? So you find yourself in the lesser of the evils conversations. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, and I found myself thinking about well, what does that mean? And what does that place me? And honestly, it's the black culture of it all that makes it bearable. It's like, that's how I bear the anti-blackness is being able to be in my space with my folks. My folks make it better. And if I yeah. go somewhere where they not, and I'm not saying the diaspora, I love the diaspora. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Who don't, when you go and you see a brown face, a brown face is a brown face. A black face is a black face. But that person that has the shared experience with you, you know what I mean? Like that place where you can have, when you say not nah later and they know there's no W in that. <laughs> <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? I do, I do, I do. And so with much deliberation, I have to stay. Age is staying. I'm staying. Age is staying. staying. Forgive me. I'm a garden variety Negro and I have to be with my people. Okay? (laughs) Are you in the best state and city for your people? Because, you know, there are some, uh, some cities offering you to come move there. I was just reading an article on Travel Noir. So I was curious. I was like, what about like in the country? Would you? I could do the country because y'all know what I've been looking at, though. They got this whole community of people. Now, now hear me out. They call them schoolies, right? Where they get school buses and turn them into mini, into uh, tiny homes. It's a whole community, y'all. Check, it's a hashtag. Schoolies with a K. S K. O-O-L-I-E-S. Got toilets on them? They got toilets on them. Girl, you can put damn, what do you call them on the top that catch the sunlight and make, give you, let you watch TV? A solar panel? A solar panel. That. I don't know, baby. Mama likes space. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I love having some space. That's a thing. And I thought about that. I looked online today trying to find a house in Canada, looking in Toronto. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought it was cheaper. Wait a minute. Oh, no. If if I'm trying to get, you know, five or six bedroom house, you know, with five bedrooms or, I mean, bathrooms or or more, I'm like, wait a minute. I I, I don't think I'm quite ready. I I don't think I'm quite ready. The prices... Oh, yeah. For, for something that I would like was upwards of four or five million dollars. Dang. You know what I'm saying? Like, my and, God, and then, today. And then on top of that, I don't know Canada like that. So I don't know what neighborhood that's in. I found an article 
about um, how Caribbean countries are selling citizenship to Americans who want to avoid the travel restrictions. So I was like, would you consider like an island? So St. Kitts uh, is offering a package of four people for $150,000. St. Kitts. Places like St. Kitts. I think Barbados is actually is doing this as well. I had a three-week vacation on the island one time, and about two and a half weeks into it, I was like, all right, ready to go home. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I just know. feel like we all underestimate the the beauty of a bustling lifestyle. Like, I think because we all get into these moments where we need that time to, like, relax and get out of the hustle and bustle. It's one thing when you're born into that island lifestyle, you, it's, it's in your blood, it's in your, you know, it's in you. But when you're not, like she said, about two weeks in, you're looking around thinking like, goodness, good. I took the beach walk. I saw the moon. I watched the stars. I drank the drinks. I ate the food. <laughs> like, okay. I went in the waterfall. I went in the waterfall. I climbed up the mountain. I saw the volcano, I, I, you know, and then after that, it's when you're accustomed to the hustle and bustle of life, it is very hard to change your mindset. Not that it's impossible. It's not impossible, but uh, that is a that's a challenge. I just feel like the adventurous part of me wants to believe that I am the person that I'm somebody who is like, come on, let's go. We can do it. You know what I'm saying? And my husband, he talking about something. Girl, you ain't going nowhere. And I'm and I'm I'm angry. We done got into a full-on <laughs> argument about the shit. I'm like, listen, I'm not small-minded, sir. I will live someplace else. Well, first of all, he said, first time somebody goes somewhere and ain't got your right coffee, you about to come on home. So I already know. Uh. He said, You go, you go two weeks here, and then you're sitting back for the rest of us. You mm. let me know after two weeks if you still want to be there, then, then we going to come. We'll be back after the break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through... It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I've really been considering uh, Holland, you know, and we're like, what about Pete? What's his name? (laughs) Black Pete. Black Pete. What about Black Pete? I have really been considering Holland because um, the healthcare is incredible there. Um, the education is is world ranked, you know, in the in the top uh, five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I like when I'm there. I like the sense of of peacefulness that's all around me. Um, I love that the food is healthy, that it is really well hydrated. They don't do the GMOs. They don't do MSG. They don't try to kill people. You know, they want them to be healthier. Everybody's riding their bikes around. Um, There's so many kinds of museums. Um, It just, every time that I've been, it just felt like a real peaceful existence. People sit up, go outside for lunch and, and eat lunch under a tree. Like, that's what's up. There's a difference between existing and living. And I feel like when I'm in Holland, I get an opportunity to to live and frolic. We have an expat that's in Holland. I, I'm curious how, because um, Black Ice, the poet, he's been living there for that's years. Right. Yeah, I have a friend who just moved, um, actually an activist who mm. does like, a lot of work here just, and, and had to roll out, couldn't take it no more. Went to Holland, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's the thing that a lot of people, you know, who uh, people are just really exhausted. It's 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 so much to bear. I'm not saying that we have to bear any more than our ancestors. I'm just saying that we we are still carrying after all of this time. We're carrying the weight of of history and we're carrying the present and we're worried about the future. I had a psychic tell me um, a few days ago that Trump was going to win the election. And I said, the fuck? Are you serious? That We have to leave. Like, that would be it. He predicted, he predicted it last time. Mm. And I just, I just couldn't. I was like, ah, nah, never. Listen. Do y'all feel guilty because none of us have said any country in the, in the African continent? Yes. I don't, yes, I don't feel I, guilty because Africa was, on, was first on my list. But like 70 percent of Africa is being run by the Chinese right now. And they're running to kind of get their whole continent back country by country. And not saying that that doesn't mean I can't find a good quality of life somewhere on the continent. That would be crazy for me to say. But um, but yeah, I guess 
for me, my blackness ends up leading the charge. That's probably not a good thing, you know, because I love, honestly, Jill, for real, I loved what you had to say about the carbon footprint issue, health care, because we got to get old, right? So who, who wants to get old somewhere where they don't even take care of people at? So right. I, I get... I, I'm with that. Like it's, I, it's bigger than just it's, it's bigger than these issues. It's overall like the way that the government is run, the way elections are run, the way schools and teachers are being neglected mm-hmm. and, and disrespected. Oh, the, for sure. the way the healthcare system works, like the whole the whole regime is not for the people at all. If you're dealing in in a capitalistic society, the the goal is to get that money. And there is really not much else. Well, the gag is it was that way before Trump. It's been that way. Always is my point. I mean, all of us, all of us feel so like, you know, concerned about the Trump issue because he's he's taken a bad situation and exacerbated it. But really and truly, uh, we were pretty bad off before then in terms of these same issues. I mean, my health care was cheaper. Was it really? Because Obamacare did not really drop my bills. And honestly, I paid less money under I paid less money under the system that existed before. And I'm a, and I was a self-pay for many, many years. So I am kind of the I'm supposed to be the poster child for that situation. But that's another conversation. I will say this much, though. That imagination part, thinking bigger mm-hmm. than just dropping the bills a few or having this particular kind of schooling available to you. But um, that radical imagination conversation, I think that's at the root of this whole conversation about where would you go. It's more about how do you, how would you like to live? What is the life we imagine for ourselves? And really, how do we make that happen? And that question, the answer to that question involves so much more than picking up and leaving. That's amazing. That's uh, the brilliant agent. Ah, come on, girl. She She is. She is and has always been brilliant. And when you married your husband, I liked him so much more because of (laughs) her. I know that's right. Girl, <laughs> this he knows. And he's so very happy. Yeah. You have made this addition. Good man. Good choice. Good choice. I think you're right. I think you're on to something, Aja. Like in, in this radical imagination, how what exactly would you want? I know that I've I've really been on this trying to find a way to live. What does living mean? Not just, you know, going through life. Living, what does that mean? I, used to, I see people, they out there having picnics and stuff, just as peaceful, you know, just flowers all around. I said, look at that. That's nice. I see I see the, the children in the backyard in their pool, and I can hear them laughing. And I said, that's nice. You know, uh, I, I see kids. I go to visit Harvard, and and I, I, I look at all of these young minds, and they're so focused on their education and uh, being just being brilliant and intelligent. And I said, "Oh, that's nice." I, I go to communities, and it's it's clean. 
You know, it's, it's no junk on the ground. It's no garbage everywhere. That's, that's nice. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's what I think this whole, you know, American pie thing is. That's what I think it is. And I, I want it. I yes. want that. I don't want to have to worry so much. Mm-hmm. So much. I worry about I worry about my child. I worry about my family. I worry about y'all. Yeah. Where are you going? You know, if you're if you get stopped or pulled over, I worry about you. I pray for my friends and my family. Like, good Lord. This is this is it's like a state of constant fear. But they say we are the worst country for that. I just yeah, I just read this is the worst country to raise a family. I just saw that. I think we're number two in the world. You you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about places that are in the middle of war. So are we. Well yeah. We're talking about places with extreme poverty. We got it. We have it strong, except our television, our quote unquote propaganda, you know, shows us, you know, where everybody's doing great. Everybody's rich. Everybody's got a Bentley. Everybody's balling. And that's just not the case. It's just not the case. Teachers should be balling. Shit. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that, well, the whole thing with the PTSD and and and, and how you know, the result of having to live under this high stress, you know, it shows up so much, particularly in Black women, but obviously in Black families, it's just like, you don't have to go that far to find the heart disease, the diabetes, the asthma, the X, Y, and Z, and the you know what. I actually uh, heard um, Angela Davis talking about it, how that idea of using joy as a revolutionary act mm. and about how, how that is a way to counteract some of the high stress. Because so many of the activists of the past, they had to deal with the realities of, of, of drug use, of, of sadness, of depression, men, all kinds of other issues with mental health around the fact that they just didn't incorporate self-care as a part of their revolution. And that's something I think that we have, or as the generations have gone on, have added more of that. And we have our young folks to thank for really taking that and running with it. Um, And so that becomes that way that we kind of consistently use that as our, you know, our compass, our due north, as we're moving through trying to deal with this constant stress, the constant, how do I want to live? How do I want to feel? We kind of keep getting back due north by using the joy, the happiness, the connection with one another, which is why, like I said, I live for a specific kind of connection that I get with Black women. I I just live for that. And I'm not 100% sure if I could get that someplace else. I mean, obviously with technology and everything like that. But one thing about this whole pandemic is I miss that connection with my girls. I miss that connection with other women. I'm in the West Coast. I miss that connection with Black women. For sure. I miss that connection with Black women. And so for me, part of my living is about, and my imagination is about how do I make this world a place where Black women can feel even better about themselves and be even more of a, uh, a resource and an energy source for each other. You know what I'm saying? Because uh-huh. you guys really, y'all do it for me, truly, truly. I wouldn't even be in this conversation today if it wasn't for that energy, period. More Real Talk after the break.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This is um, a poem uh, from Trapita Mason. She mm-hmm. was just, uh, she just became Poet Laureate of Philadelphia. Come on. Applause, applause. Trapita Mason, Poet Laureate, Happiness is a Private Club. We will enter even though our mothers didn't. We will bang on the doors until our fists are bloodied. We will burst through barriers, create havoc. We will tie all our worldly possessions on our back. We will go naked if we have to. We will enter even though our mothers didn't. We will be let into that exclusive club where entrance is often denied to color girls, kicking down the doors of club happiness. We will sue them for discrimination. We will destroy our persecutors. We will bulldoze our own way in. We will get into that club, even though our mothers didn't. We will be tired of incomplete people. We will become demanding. We will have fire on our tongue and burn down the doors. We will not succumb to premature deaths. We will buy up all the stock in club happiness and gently welcome our colored sisters in. We will own a piece of club happiness and own it even though our mothers didn't. Trapita Mason. Poor Trapita Mason. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the goal. Finding and owning and claiming and it not be so shaky. What is what is happiness? What is peace of mind? I want peace of mind. I want peace. I want it. My dad always said happiness is fleeting. He said it's joy that you really, you really need in your life. Come on, joy. Yes. Come on, joy. Black girl joy. I mean, the more that I look around, I try to be true to listening to myself because what happens is that we think certain things are going to bring us joy and then we go and try to acquire those things or have those experiences but we don't really listen to our own spirit and oftentimes for me well anyway the lesson or the class that I'm in right now is really being true to that voice inside me so I know where my joy is because I mean we talked about this in other conversations about what we believe is the pathway to joy or what we think is going to make us happy. And oftentimes we do that stuff. And I know I have, I'm, I'm just done with that. I'm ready to really listen to every little nuance of that voice inside my head so that I know her really, really well. So that my joy and whatever brings me joy is based on her. It's not based on anything else or anyone else, anyone else's joy, anything that makes anybody else happy, anything that people say is supposed to make you happy. Like, I don't want any of that in my head. I want to quiet all of that. All I'm interested in is her. I want to know her so well. Yes. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. Oh, I feel like, uh, I feel like, um, what's, what's Jada's daughter's name? Willow. I feel like Willow right now. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's nowhere. There's nowhere to go that hasn't <laughs> been affected by the slave trade. There's nowhere. There's nowhere we own the go. world. There's nowhere. Yeah, because I wasn't going to get into Holland and the Dutch in the South Africa. I wasn't even going to get there. You know I know. You know I know. I already knew. So I was like, let's not go there. But, you know, Holland is known for being tolerant. And somebody said, do you really want to be tolerated? I'd rather be tolerated than discriminated against. Yeah. I, I would rather I would rather that. I, I do believe. I mean... For me, it was the, the Dutch people calling themselves Africans. That For me, that's what it was for me. But again, <laughs> like I said, that's not, that is not the conversation in which, in which we is having. <laughs> I will say it doesn't resonate to me. I, I remember watching um, I Am Not Your Negro and Baldwin said there was nothing of America that he longed for. Not a hot dog, not a nothing, not a no. It was like not a nothing. And yeah, so it's like he did not long for anything of home. And I can imagine why he did not. Obviously, he experienced something different than what I did. Um, but I, it doesn't resonate. You know, who, uh, Toni Morrison resonates with me because she didn't go nowhere. <laughs> she found a lovely lake. A lovely lake? She found a lovely lake. A lovely lake. Yes. She wrote the most beautiful work of art after she mm. was 40 years old. Well, she was yes. close, to, close to 40 years old. She found time to write that thing at 5 o'clock in the morning before her kids woke up. Mm -hmm. She wrote those books in traffic, driving mm -hmm. to her job. For me, 
she found a freedom that nobody could touch because she took it everywhere that she went. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want. To, to, to that, that feeling, that ownership of peace of mind. And unfortunately, you know, every time I turn on any level of social media or anything else, there's always something, you know, proclaiming that I can't get what I want. And I'm not saying that I can't. I'm just saying, damn it. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. That's the truth. I am. I am. It's hard. We're all exhausted on so many levels. People act like you can't be beat. Like you, you don't, like, you know, I'm never tired. I, uh, come on. I feel like I need permission to feel beat. Okay, so I give you permission. I give you permission to take the weekend, take as many baths or as many showers as you want, and not answer the phone unless you want, and sleep, and maybe masturbate once or twice if you feel like it. What? Twice? Oh, I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> if that's what you want, to, to not answer the door to maybe not even wash your ass Ma'am. for the whole weekend if you don't feel like it. I give you permission to just read if you want, watch movies if you feel like it, sit in quiet if that's if that's your mood. Like, you know, so that we can get up and do more, try harder, speak louder, fuss, make a make a riff in this this dumbass water. Continue to be the strong ass, most strong woman on the planet. We always have to be so strong. I give you permission right now. Folks need to cry sometimes and and scream sometimes, you know? Church is not the only place that you get to do it. Oh yeah, I, I'm definitely in a class right now about well, about two things. I'm in nap ministry 101. There's that. Um, and that's not my word, nap ministry. You're thinking these are real classes, Asia. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So let me just say this. I have an aunt. <laughs> I have an aunt who, whenever she's like really in a life lesson space, she always says she's in a class. I like and, that. And um, so, yeah, I just, I get that from my aunt Jackie. Peace to her. But yeah, that's number one about that nap ministry, which is like I said, not my concept, but certainly it has touched me. But the other part is you know, owning my weakness, like shit, I'm tired and I'm weak. And I, and I have to speak those things sometimes. Sometimes I have to talk about that. And actually, I'm gonna put this out here too. Um, a girlfriend of mine sent me a clip from Alicia Keys the other day. She was on a live or something like that. And she was talking about watching like this anime TV show. So that was the, the the basis for it. But the character in the show had to kind of come to, come to terms with her fear. And she talked about how a lot of times, and much like weakness, a lot of times we feel like we don't want to give our weakness or fear a name because we feel like we're going to give it power or that we can't give in. Because if we give in to it, somehow we won't come back. Sometimes it's the speaking on it, the getting it out. The talking and saying it exists that helps it to helps to deny its power. Mm-hmm. I think that that I'm, I'm with that. That's the class that I'm in. Like I said, is about that in terms of my weakness, what I'm not able to handle. And I've even gotten into talking to my kids about it, which truth be told, it was grief that did that. When I lost my mother, ha- eventually I had to tell my kids 
I don't have it today. And I hadn't done that before. I had not ever said to my kids, I do not emotionally have this for you today. Like, I can't talk today, you know? And that was freeing beyond belief. That opportunity to say and to name my weakness, name my fear, say it out of my mouth, you know? So now I don't really shy away from that anymore. I mean, I think... I think it has empowered and given my kids actually some language around it. Now I got four girls, so I don't have time to send any more black women out in the world ill-equipped. Somebody cue the applause. Ma'am. Ma'am. There are places in the world to go. It's a big world. There's a lot of, there's a shit show pretty much everywhere you go. You have the right to choose the shit you want to deal with. Coming up next on the show, what's on your heart? <laughs> An occasional segment where we check in with people we respect about how they're really feeling. Hold on, y'all. I think there's somebody calling. That must mean it's time for What's on your heart? Hi, Dr. Blay. Thank you so much for calling in today. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself? My name is Dr. Yaba Blay. I am a scholar activist, a professor. I prefer to say an educator because um, it's not limited to the college classroom. I'm also a producer and a cultural worker. And in this moment, I like to self-identify as an independent people's worker. So what's on your heart? You know, it's a lot happening in this moment, in this world. Um, When I was trying to think about what's on my heart, I think the, the feeling, the emotion, the thought that keeps coming up is I'm tired. And this kind of tired in this moment is different than other kinds of tires. Not that I've not been tired before, but it's like something about this moment, right? So when I'm speaking of this moment, I'm speaking, of course, this new COVID-19 reality. But also simultaneously, it's like when COVID hit us in a particular way and quarantine hit us in a particular way was also after the assassination of George Floyd. And it just felt like the world woke up. And it's like, on the one hand, we should be grateful, I suppose, that the world done woke up. Hmm. But it's also, if I'm honest, there's a there's a bit of resentment, I think, that that accompanies that moment. Because it's like, for those of us who do work for and about Black folks, like we've been saying the same shit for X amount of years. And now that everybody else done woke up, now everybody else is ready to ring the alarm. Now it's time for us to jump on your schedule. So I'm grateful, be clear, because COVID also presented a particular reality where I can't travel, which is a lot of how I make my income in terms of speaking and consulting and such. And so I was really kind of nervous, like, well, what am I going to do if we have to be in the house until? And so thankfully, you know, the moment presented a lot of opportunities because now we know we can do anything we want from home from our computers. Yeah. You know, yes. and consulting, we can do everything. And so it's dope. But also, I've never been approached as much as I have now in this moment. So, yes, it's a blessing money wise, opportunity wise, but also. Can y'all chill out for a second? You know what I mean? Like the work is going to be here. Like, this is life work. This is long-term work. But right now, 
you're antsy, you're aware, you want to do something, you want to make a statement, you want to help the Blacks, you want to do all these things. And it's like, there's only so many hours in a day. So yes, I love the opportunity. And yes, I want to do this work, but I also want to hug and kiss on my grandbabies. And I also want to take a nap. Multiple naps. Multiple. So I think the challenge is balance. I mean, I've been saying balance for so many years to the point where it don't even feel like a real concept anymore, right? That we're seeking balance. Like, how do we balance work and, and rest and all the other things that we should be enjoying in life? But I think this moment just presents another set of challenges. I want to make sure that we understand that the you that she's talking about are the lovely whites, the happy whites that have finally decided that they want to jump into this conversation. And now that they've jumped in, they want results. Mm -hmm. And part of their results is reaching out to those of us and those Black people who have been doing this work for now for decades and not even just decades really they're doing work for decades in the tradition of work that's been going on since the beginning since the beginning since the beginning and so Dr. Yaba Blay is one of those people and does amazing work around you know black joy so amongst other things amongst delving into so many different aspects of how we present ourselves and preserve ourselves when we're consistently on attack but girl I'm tired too child Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you reaffirmed that that whole (laughs) folks waking up today and you've been woke for so long and having to like accept that as, uh, okay, so we're just going to accept that you're in elementary school while I've been getting my master's. And it's so frustrating. (laughs) I don't know what to do. (laughs) Woke so long that I need a nap. You know what I mean? So even conceptually, this notion of woke. And I'll say the other thing. I know, Asia, you... You clarified and said it's the whites, but let me be clear: the blacks are on my nerves mm-hmm. too. That part. Talk about it, please. The blacks Amen. are on my nerves in this moment uh, because this is work, right? And I don't think that just having black skin puts us in a position to speak about the conditions of our society or our community, or puts us in an authority position to speak on behalf of the community in terms of what's best for us. And so I think there are a lot of ways that we take our lived experience for granted, meaning that we think it's as simple as to say, let's end racism. Well, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And to what (laughs) level? Right. And how are you even understanding how racism impacts your lived experience? And maybe not just yours, but all of us all over this world, because like white supremacy is insidious. So it manifests Uh in a variety of ways that a lot of times people aren't even able to um, pick up on. And so I have an example. Please. Come on. I was hoping. I don't know if it's safe space if you want to go with it. It has to be. The safest. Has to be. More recently, your friend Adele. Doctor, please talk about it. Adele with the Bantu Knots and the celebration of Carnival, right? And so the Jamaican bikini didn't bother me, do you, right? I'm very familiar with my Jamaican brothers and sisters, you know, out of many one people. And so I know the vibe in terms of being very accepting, you know, and embracing of a multiracial, multicultural identity, which is cool. How be ever, when we as Black women take issue with the hairstyle that Adele chose, i.e. Bantu knots, why is it that I'm having more conversation and more argument with Black people Mm. defending Mm. her choice of hairstyle than white Mm -hmm. people? White people, in a certain way, know how to listen 
and say, you know what? You might be right, Doc. I'm going to sit this one out. Black people, however, we fight amongst each other because, again, we don't have a sense of who gets to speak on our behalf. So just because you, one black person, don't have a problem with her hairstyle does not negate the impact that her behavior has on our lived experience. Who are you? Now, somebody else might ask, well, who are you? And I'm going to tell you who I am. Lai is catching the spirit. Come on, tell Uh us. Uh But it's somebody who studies. Because again, when I talk about exhaustion, I think people might think that race work is just something that every Black person should be able to do. Like, I have a whole PhD that required a whole lot of money and reading a whole lot of books and sitting in a whole lot of classes and writing a whole lot of papers and doing a whole lot of shit. Like, I've been trained in this work, and that training didn't end when I got the degree. I'm still doing this work. So if I come to you and I give you an analysis and I say what she's doing is cultural appropriation, why are you one Black person now arguing with me about you not feeling away? That doesn't change the impact of what she's doing. It doesn't change the fact that she needs to get checked. So on the one hand... You want us to fight. You want us to be on the front line. You want us to chant and cheer Black Lives Matter so long as you're comfortable with it. But when your one white friend crosses the line, now it's time for us to save her. It's like the one black person that's okay with their one white friend saying nigga all day long. Just because you gave them permission to say it, they're going to get punched in the face when they go away from you out in the community. I'm trying to tell people. You can't save them. Ain't no cookout invites. Not a single one. Not a single one. Part of the exhaustion is like, I've been trained how to fight white folks. And white folks, I'm not saying that I want to fight you, but I'm saying that I understand the defensiveness that comes when someone is talking about racism and white supremacy and a system that you ultimately benefit from, whether you choose to or not. I know how to do that, but I love us so much that I think it actually hurts my feelings that I also have to fight us, too, in doing this work. It hurts my feelings because I don't want to fight us. But also, Harriet Tubman, being my patron saint that she is, Harriet said everybody can't come. We just had that conversation about everybody can't come and who can come. And that's mm. everybody can't come. And and, and I think, you know, again, if we're being honest on an emotional, vulnerable level, it also hurts to be able to say that, right? That everybody yeah. can't come, but yeah. it's a reality. Everybody yes, can't is. come. And so I might not respond to your comment. I might not respond to your email. I might not want to talk to you about it, brother or sister, because to do so is to actually waste time and energy that I don't have. When I could be napping. I could be napping. Yes. I could be doing any number of things. I could be scrolling Instagram. I could just be being, but like... I think what people also have to understand, white, black, and other, is that just because you ask a question of somebody, they're not required to give you an answer. And I think when you do public work, people think that you should be accessible at all times. But I literally sat there and I counted. I blocked over 100 folks that day just because, and I'm talking about black and white, right? Because Mm -hmm. the other thing, again, these kind of, this hurtful space that becomes created in the space of Adele to have folks who are Caribbean, come and give their explanation and their excuse of her behavior. And then it become a conversation of, well, you're not Caribbean, so you can't speak. Or you're not Jamaican, and therefore you don't understand. Or to say to me, you're African-American, so, but actually you don't know me. 
right? So we all have black skin, but we all have different backgrounds. I'm actually not African-American. I'm Ghanaian-American. Not that that puts me in any other position, but it is to say, if you want us to understand the nuance of your identity, understand that we all have nuance in our identities, right? My people from Ghana, they were colonized by the British. Do you know that right now in 2020, if you go to court in Ghana, the judges are wearing powdered wigs? Oh, and meanwhile, folks are sitting here doing COVID, talking about where they want to escape to, and they going back to Africa? No, they where they going? <laughs> and my point is, I get it. I get the need and the desire to leave this place because it is so aggressively violent towards us. But it's also to say, if you don't understand how white supremacy works, you won't recognize it in all the other ways that it manifests. So yes, you might be around a whole bunch of black folks who are speaking a whole nother language, who are living a whole nother culture, but white supremacy lives there too. There is nowhere on this earth that you can go to escape it. Can we go back to what my answer was? You were going to stay here. I said, because why? Yeah, because it's everywhere. But I will say this, no, I will say this though, that ultimately the ways in which we get to understand each other and share a common language is by knowledge, Mm -hmm. is by knowing and communicating with one another. We have to find a place to commune and study together so that we know these things, so that we are working from the same baseline. And we create a... Tribunal. A tribunal. So, Dr. Blay, um, how do we do this? We need to start some tribunals in cities across the country. Um, how, uh, how do yes, you guys, how, please? How do you, well, does that sound realistic? Does it sound real? I mean, does some iteration of that sound realistic? Of course. I mean, and again, for me, it's like I enjoy teaching people who want to learn. You know what I mean? So I do think we need a safe space. And the Internet's not so safe because everybody has access to it. So, yeah, if we're committed And there are folks who are coming to the table like, yeah, let's talk. Not saying just come and let me take everything you say is right and move on. But like, let's enter into conversation with the common kind of agreement that we're here to learn. And we want to walk away from this space in better understanding of one. And I think it's a beautiful idea, you know, and it'd be probably be great to get some well-intentioned white folks to fund it. I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm interested in the way that we're treating, quote unquote, allies. Mm. I'm watching us um, react, um, react to what seems to be people with good intentions in a very ugly way. And I'm concerned about that. What do you what how is what's your perspective there, Dr. Blake? I think it depends on the the, the nature of the offense um, without the offense. I'm hesitant to say we need allies. That's what I was about to say. I'm going to say it anyway. Thank you. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say we need allies because we do. Because in order for white supremacy to get checked, white people have to also recognize their investment in it, right? And they also have to be really willing to rescind some of the privileges, unearned privileges that they get from it. But I also push us a step further to say, like, I'm less interested in allies um, than I am in accomplices, Right. Like we need accomplices. Like what you mm-hmm. willing to do and what are we going to call him instead of Spook who sat by the door? We need Casper who sat by the door. I don't know. But we need somebody to go in on our behalf and do this work, recognizing that your white skin 
your white privilege, your white experience is going to give you access to a truth that we won't have access to. And then you get in there and you give them the business on our behalf and not just on the behalf of the blacks, but recognizing that you have an investment in it as well. And as if we get rid of mm-hmm. white supremacy, your life will also be enhanced. I think a lot of folks are just afraid of the privilege that they might lose if we end racism, mm-hmm. if we end white supremacy, which is why they Wouldn't push back. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's why I, I feel like if you have an ally, you know, or an accomplice, to be respectful. But I need to see your papers because I'm not just going to call you. I, I think we all need to decide that you're an ally. You can't be telling me you're an ally. You can't, none of that. You can't have one black friend that said he an ally. No, we need to discuss this as a Fair collective. enough. They need to be vetted. And what does an ally mean? Just because you have liked something or you have posted something or are you in these streets? Are you doing it in your dollars? Like, what does that... Mean? It looks a variety of ways. And I think that's yeah. ultimately where we have to push us all, right? That you don't just get to self-identify as an ally oh, without... Because, oh. you know, intentions are, oh, intentions are great, but impact is... Greater... Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this real quick because I know I ain't going to be speaking last. So let me just say this, okay? (laughs) How you know? (laughs) How you know? Oh, listen. What I'm going to say is this, that it's not that I'm not interested in allies or accomplices. That's just not the place that I'm going to push my particular energy. What I'm going to say is this, is that my responsibility or what the responsibility I feel like I want to take is quieting the messages and the white supremacist messages in my head and shifting my own lens as much as I possibly can. And I realize now how difficult that can be and how much the personal inner work does affect how the world changes because we interact with so many people on a daily basis and we interact with so many people throughout our lifetime. And it's those interactions that begin to shift and mold how other people think. Children, Elder, older people, older people who may need to shift and, and, and incorporate certain evolution in their wisdom. All those things are important, as well as just having radical compassion for my own folks. I don't have time to help other people accept something that my own people are suffering so much behind. And so my compassion is for them. And for now, my compassion is for them alone. I still say don't cut off your toe to spite your foot. I ain't out here trying to hurt no white people. I just ain't concerned with whether they hurt or not. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I don't fuck their feelings. We got feelings. I understand. I understand. I just, you know, um, coming from a different place. Jill, your white friend's still going to like you after this. We ain't going to mess it up. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and and they're going to like you more because what I've learned is that the good white people love a good revolutionary as fucking uh, public enemy. Nah, we fucking with press. you. Like, they love a good revolution. I know, yeah, I know. You know. You know what this is. Yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. saying that I like to, I like to believe that we, we are capable of using all the tools in the shed. I feel you. Do you understand? And if there is someone or a company or someone that's willing to put their money and their energy into destroying white supremacy, I am not mad. Oh, as they should. Thank you very much. As they should. As they should. Exactly. That's all that, that's what I'm saying. And in fairness, what I say to them is thank you. But also, you don't get gold stars for being a basically decent human being. Decent. And I think a lot of times that's what folks expect. I wasn't handing out stars. Okay, good. 
Just thank no, you. Kind of speaking to what Asia said, I think we all have to know our place in the work. And if it's not, if that's not your lane, don't occupy it, right? Figure right. out what, what you do best and stay there. There are people who know very well how to, to, to co-mingle and how to foster relationships with allies and accomplices. I pass it off to them. It's not my strong suit. But yes, absolutely. We need everybody invested in this work. All of us. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Please inform us of, of your books so we can purchase. Okay. So my first book, One Drop Shifting the Lens on Race, I actually printed it independently back in 2013. And it is now being re-released on Beacon Press. And it will be available for us as of Black History Month. And by the time this show airs, we'll have pre-orders available on Amazon. And so that's One Drop Shifting the Lens on Race. Other than that, I'm on Instagram way too much. Um, I do a lot of stuff on there, but for more information, you could check my website, yabablade.com. Thank you so much. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Hey, everyone. Hey, y'all. It's Eves. You'll hear from me from time to time because I'm an executive producer on the show. We are nearing the end of this episode, but Jill, Laia, and Aja want you to know that they're not just on here talking shit, as Aja would say. All right, so y'all might have heard this saying before, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But if you haven't, it basically means that when you have something in front of you that feels like this huge insurmountable task, what you can do is break it down into smaller bite-sized pieces. That way it no longer seems impossible. That's why we want to share resources with you. So when we talk about these topics that have so many layers, you have a small bite of information to take with you as you navigate through life. All that said, the resource that we want to share with you today is Travel Noir. Laia brought up a Travel Noir article in today's episode, and she often goes to TravelNoir.com to learn about what's happening in the world of Black travel. I'll drop a link in the episode description. Listening to Jill Scott presents J.Ill, the podcast. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Braden Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Taylor Chacon. I didn't say this part about Nina Simone, her moving to Switzerland. When I had the privilege of meeting her, thanks and shout out to Deanna Williams in Philadelphia. When I had the privilege and honor to meet Nina Simone, she told me that I, that I should leave here, that I should leave this place, that America would never understand me. I was like, damn, how you just, that's the greeting? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the greeting. You should leave here. J.Ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? 
Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.